uh hi prashant um uh thank you for taking the time uh to uh you know come as a guest on this podcast uh so le- let's get to deep learning i mean let's get to deep learning and you know uh what you have been doing in deep learning and you know your thoughts on deep learning um you know how you started in machine learning deep learning etc but i was just going through your uh, your reading list and it was very fascinating um you've read a lot of books and uh, i noticed there was, there was a bit of an overlap between some of the books i had read so i maybe wanted your opinion on uh, i i i think you recently finished or i don't know i lost the track of the year you read uh, you read the 12 rules for life by john yeah, peterson yeah, yeah. i think it was like yeah it was last year yeah um and i think you rated it five stars yeah 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 <laughs> so yeah. i i i started that book and i i mean i started that book but i couldn't finish it uh, so maybe i i don't know what did you like so much about that book and uh, you know what was your okay. takeaway so, so like you could say like I, i was not like a very avid reader so like not for a while so like i just started reading it like you, you could say at the end of like 2019 like i started reading some books that just make it a habit to see like okay like then let's see how it goes like would i like it or not so i started with that and i started with like reading uh, some non fictions like 1984 and some books like that just to see like if i could if i could get started with that and like uh, 12 rules for life was like the first book that i picked up in in the non fiction genre so i thought like i took a lot of recommendations and like 12 rules for life was like really out there like uh, high, like it, it it was also hype so i thought okay i should try that i have never read something like this so i picked that up and like i started reading it so like uh, i had never read like non fiction books kind of like that so i was kind of in a awe that like people, like jordan peterson how he was like putting across his points and i i like the fact that like you you're not just reading a, like a like it says 12 rules of life but you're not just reading the rules just like that like he's giving examples overlapping other stories as well, like stories from bible stories from greek mythology so like that was something that i really liked because i like to like Uh, on knowledge from all sorts so so i like that fact now i could be too liberal with the rating because it was my first book at the time to read that and like i was amazed so i wouldn't i i, I wouldn't like wouldn't cross any ratings right now but like yeah i wouldn't give five stars either so like i don't want to change that but yeah like ever since i've read some like a lot of books so yeah my my views have definitely changed with like on jordan peterson as well as the book but overall it was like as an experience like it was a good experience like i i read the experience as well as even now yeah i mean i also saw uh, there there are there are a couple of books which i really like which were also on your reading list i mean i think sapiens also was one book which i i finished that book i like that book um which i saw in your reading list as well um also there was one more uh, familiar book which i have not read but i really like the author uh, is alondi botton i don't know if i'm pronouncing it right um he wrote this book the constellations of philosophy yeah yeah, yeah. You... yeah so yeah. yeah so i really i really like the author and uh, uh i used to watch his uh, school of life i think videos on youtube yeah, yeah so but i have not read that book um Uh, did you uh, did you like that i mean how was that i mean how was yeah, the experience yeah. so so like uh, like before i was like picking up that book so like i had like i i was like following school like school of life for quite a while so like not not specially like his philosophy videos like i i didn't know like there he had a special section of philosophy and stuff so i i just like just like random videos from school of life and the topics they picked up so but like uh, when like when i started like browsing through philosophy books and i was like going through kindle and amazon so like i i noticed those books and recommendations and i like looked up the author like elan like i think it's you know, like something like elan de botton so i looked him up and i realized that he is like he is the one who created like school of life and i was looking i like i i researched the author so like i know like what what is right about what does like what do people think like is like is it really worth reading or is it just like just another book and maybe not worth it so i looked him up and like there was a lot of criticism of elante botton like like he presents the bias to your philosophy and all that but like i still thought that like this is like i i picked the sample for constellations of philosophy and i went to the content to to see like where it goes and what is what exactly it is exploring so a constellation of philosophy is like is a really nice book like it i would say like it's not it's not a dull book at least and you could read through like, like he goes over philosophers like uh, definitely socrates and 
also like uh, montag and, and like he he goes on like not he doesn't cover all the philosophers but he covers some of them and like put across puts across his point regarding that and like it it was like better than i expected like i didn't think i would like that book but i think like you could you could read it like even someone who doesn't read philosophy in general like he could you could read that book and like would be fine with it and maybe understand like most of the points as well yeah i swear we'll get to deep learning but just to stay on that a little bit i mean uh, yeah. like one more thing i i really liked about him was uh, you know philosophy is considered this very abstract and very yeah, you know yeah, yeah. very like um, you know you need to be like a certain person to understand philosophy to read philosophy yeah. but he really ex- like to a kid how you explain stuff right so he really boils it down uh, um, you know on for for an average person and you know i really like that and um, even the school yeah. of life videos also pretty i mean really help yeah, i mean yeah. re- at least i found them very helpful and pretty uh, very nice to watch as he covers very specific topics like you know uh, what to do when you're feeling x what to do when you're feeling y so yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, some pretty good um yeah so with that um so uh if i understand um you joined engineering in 2016 if i'm not right yeah. if i'm not wrong sorry um so i think by 2016 deep learning had kind of picked up right i mean deep learning yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i mean i think 2013 2012 2013 maybe it was still in india yeah, at least yeah. it was yeah. still like nascent and nobody knew about it but by 2016 i think andre karpati and all had already uploaded yeah. their videos to youtube and there was some hype so going into engineering did you uh, did you know that you'd be doing deep learning or uh, no, 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 not a bit not a bit so so what were your, what were your plans going like coming into engineering and you know yeah. what, what what was your thought process so like like when i like took admission into engineering college like i i just thought okay i'll just like try to get into tech and like i wasn't i wasn't like i didn't know i'd be a decent programmer or i'd like programming at all but like it was like one of the few options that i had at the time and like i had been decent with like computers like in my general computer knowledge so i thought maybe i could like do this and just see how it goes so i did that like i had no plans specifically to do specific things in computer science or something i just picked it up like because i couldn't think like any other trade would be good enough for me so i went ahead with that and like initially like it was you know like in the initial years like the first year is is like you don't treat any core subjects and it's just common subjects like that and maybe just c programming and all that so like i had been like familiar with java in high school like not just familiar like i didn't know what i was doing but i was just familiar and like when i like saw c then so i was i became more familiar and like some of the concepts were like i i remembered from like that i like went through in high school like it was it was decent so i i i like that like uh, i i enjoyed c programming a bit in the first year and then i thought like when like when i saw that like c is okay for learning but like you have to learn something more to see like to make a career maybe go into specific field so i started exploring languages like c sharp to see like could i go into dotnet and or i also thought that maybe i should learn swift and see into like uh, apple like apple development but the problem is apple, apple development is like you have to have like devices or like making apps and testing all that so that was like <laughs> that's right out so i thought i should i should start start with c sharp and stuff but but i and but like c sharp i i tried to learn it so like it was mostly self learning i because like uh, in the second semester we didn't have any subjects in regarding computer so i was just going into library to checking out books and see like if i could understand it so i i had like understand very little of it but like but then i thought like okay we'll we'll see like maybe we'll i'll pick it up back in second year but first year ended and in the vacation side thing like maybe i should do something so i like one of the like one of the best decisions that i took like till date is like learning linux so in the summer i picked up linux and i had no idea before that i had just like read about the world ubuntu but i didn't know anything specific about linux so i picked that up and i like read a book uh, i read a book with like which which went into like shell scripting as well as the basic linux linux concepts and how like how it works and all that so it was interesting i i picked that up and i i kept i like i i keep with i kept with linux like throughout since then like i, I always use linux as a main desktop and system so yeah so like that was that was, that was like first phase so when i picked up picked up linux i thought okay maybe i should i should like try with system administration like if it if it uses linux that that like that seems like a good option 
and I started exploring like certifications like Red Hat certifications to be a like certified hacker or certified like system administrator. And I was like very I was like very determined to like do those certifications. Like I had plans to okay, I'll do this course, I'll do this course and I'll give some examinations and all that. But then one like within one time after like third semester or something, so you could say about like in the end of twenty seventeen or something. So like one of the like teachers suggested us that people like you should go watch like Google I or something. Like you none of you have like decent enough like ambitions in the computer science. You should like go Google watch this and, and like have some good ambitions. So I I like I wasn't serious at the time, but I just like just for the sake I just went through it. Just to say next day I I did go through that. But like I went through it and I heard the terms machine learning and deep learning. So that like that was the first time I ever like read about them or like went like encountered them at all. So I I like picked that up and like I just started to see like at that time I didn't think like okay I should pick that up. I just started exploring like. Is it something doable? What exactly like does happen in machine learning and deep learning? Because in, like if you look like if you listen the term like machine learning, you start initially think like okay it has to do something with robotics probably, and that, like I was also, I also thought that but like it was not. So I looked that up like can you get a job in this? Like do we have like the scope? Like how's the scope in India for this? And like the reviews are pretty negative at the time because like being a fresher and like trying in data science. Like all the comments on Quora, all the like, all the forums were like against that. Like, yeah, you can't do that. Like, it it can be done. You have to be data analyst first, or business analyst first, kind of like that. So, but I thought like I should give it a shot and see like, do would I like it or not? So I like I started with a like Andrew Ng's course. Like it was one of the very few courses at the time like available. So I guess it was about like 2018, like starting of 2018. So like Andrew Ng's course, I started and like. I went through a few videos and it, it was like really good. Like I I didn't like maths at all till that time, but like ever since that course, like I I like started to learn like more maths than like because I, at that time I was actually seeing the applications rather than just just solving question. I was actually seeing it in action. So like that changed my like entire outlook for maths like that had like, that I had previously throughout my entire life. Like that changed completely and ever since like I really like maths. Like I'm not still the like best at it, but I still like it. Like still like to learn it and the like see the intuitions behind all the concepts. So yeah, since then like the machine learning like journey for me actually began. And then like just like I just started picking up on points like okay, what should I do next? Should I learn libraries or like should I do Kaggle? So I went like I just explored a lot of points. So, like not all of them were necessary, but like at that time I didn't know anyone or like I didn't have any mentor. Who could actually guide me that okay you should do this or you should do that so I like explored a lot of things like a lot of unnecessary things as well but I like it was it was overall good experience and uh, I like learned Python libraries starting exploring some of the Kaggle problems solving them to see like okay how how exactly the problem solved other than just like learning the concepts was fine but like implementing them was just as important for me like as a programmer so I I started doing that and like. From there on, like it just went one thing after the other. Like as I was encountering new things, I was trying to learn them, and yeah, that's that's how it's been going since then. So I mean, in twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen, um, how was it in your college though? I mean, was there a lot of hype on hype in machine learning? Because I think by twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen, there was already a lot of uh, hype in yeah. machine learning, right? I mean, everybody was talking about yeah, machine learning. Yeah, yeah. but like, uh, so like, I uh, even in the first year, like some like some people or some students were like. Like discussing things about machine learning, like they didn't actually know what exactly is machine learning, but they were also like hearing terms, so like they were like they were just in the conversation. So I like I I heard them, but like nobody actually knew what they were talking about or like is it really doable? Like no one was really like focused on that. Like they just everybody just knew yeah there there is something like machine learning, but they they had no idea like how big is it or like how how important would this like would this be like going in the future years? So like. At the time I was starting, I didn't know a single one in college like who was like learning machine learning as well. So like I could even like even some colleague that I could refer to like if I have some problems or if anything I could discuss. So at that time when I started, like there was none, nobody that I knew. But like after a few months, like three four months and four months five months passed on, like I I heard that okay like some more guys are starting doing it in different branches. So yeah, so like at after like five four five months when I started like I heard about like 
five to ten students also like learning machine learning. So I mean, uh, you also spoke about doing Kaggle. Uh, I wanted to know, like, so did you have GPUs or what was your training procedure like? I mean, no, like, so like uh, initially, like the Kaggle provides the GPU, and like uh, unlike now, like now, like Kaggle has like thirty hours per week limit on their GPUs. But back then there was no limit, so you could like train for a whole week if you want. And like in Kaggle was like providing the GPUs, and like at that time I wasn't doing exactly deep learning. so like i was just doing basic machine learning using sklearn learn so like it was doable on your local systems as well and kaggle as well so like it was not that like intensive to like if you use kaggle to like even like problems like titanium don't require much gpu training so you could do them on your local systems as well so at that time it was fine like later on i realized that yeah you need gpus and i had one just like just just to say yeah, i have a gpu it was not good enough but like just if you need to train it like however long it took you could do that so yeah like that that was done that is kind of that so uh did you i mean uh did you learn machine learning or did you directly jump into deep learning i mean no, did you no. i mean yeah i i know like like when like i i hear a lot of people like who went into machine learning through deep learning and i initially find that kind of surprising like i i couldn't figure, like i couldn't process like how would you do that but like people like if you like if you know pratham on twitter like pratham prasun like he also told me that he also like learned about neural networks first and then like all the all the entire scope of machine learning so like that was surprising for me because when i started i started with like linear regression like the very first algorithm logistic regression and then like andrew ng in this machine learning course gives a little overview about neural networks just the, how the basic neural networks how the basic perceptron work so like then i knew that okay deep, like neural networks like it's something that you have heard and like it's it's a familiar term but you exactly don't know so like it was nice to know neural networks and then i like later on realized that neural network in itself and deep learning is like whole new scope has a whole new scope in itself and how how big are they so at what point in your engineering days or in which semester did you realize you know mujhe abhi yahi karna i mean i mean i i only want to do deep learning in um, or is that is that is that is that clear in your head even now or are you still debating whether you want to proceed in deep learning or you want to do something else yeah so like uh, as i said like i started after third semester so like the next like the entire fourth semester was like went into like that basic first course and learning the python libraries and just exploring like i was still exploring that like is it doable should i do this like should i be sure that i should do this and pursue nothing else so like i was looking and like even even though like the comments were against that that like it's hard to get a job in, as a fresher and like especially if you're not from tier 1 or tier 2 college and not doing specialization with that or don't have like masters or something so like i thought like yeah maybe it's not doable but then i like i kind of made a backup plan that like if i don't get this i should get better with statistics and visualization so like at least i could get a data analyst job or like job in the analysis department like and maybe then i'll just build on like path towards machine learning and data scientist but like luckily like i i got an opportunity to like be like starting data science as a fresher so like yeah like i i but i i did think that i would go into business and like business intelligence or like data analysis as first but like yeah fortunately turned out better so um i i, I... at this point i think i i i i want to bring up uh, i saw that you have done a lot of uh, by a lot i mean i think you've done a lot of online courses so and i think you started doing them in 2019 and 2020 so 2020 you were still in college yeah i mean i think that was your yeah, final yeah, year yeah 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 right so so what motivated you to do so many um, so what motivated you to do online courses in the first place that is the first question second is like yeah. but you ended up doing so many i was really uh because even i have done the deep learning specialization i've done the five course specialization yeah, yeah. and that's where i stopped i mean i did the five courses and i stopped but i saw that you've done that plus you've done that tensorflow specialization i think yeah, yeah, that's and then you've done some aws course as well yeah so, so yeah, yeah yeah please yeah i mean yeah maybe you can talk a so, little about that yeah, yeah so like the the first point like doing courses was that and like especially a lot of courses so that like like even like other than the ones that you don't see like other than the courses are like deep learning and testing specialization i have done like a, a lot like but like i haven't completed all of them like i i tried a lot of them on edx i like tried a lot of on udacity 
I like I even tried like there was like one scholarship on university for a course like I applied for that I got selected but then I like I left it because like it wasn't that I was exactly looking so like a, a lot of like a, the the biggest reason was that like since like I as I said like I didn't know anyone who was doing this kind of thing anyone in the industry so like I had no idea like what what exactly is relevant and what exactly is not so I was just exploring. to see like what like what i need to strengthen in my skills and like does this course provide this or does this provide this so the like a, mo- a lot of the courses that i did was like re- or, or explored i would say those were like regarding statistics so like i, I had been like bad at math all my life so like i i like i have known like known a lot of statistics but i don't know actually how to do them or how to apply them so i thought i should like go over those concepts that i have like not paid attention to like previously so i was i explored a lot of courses regarding statistics and like the exactly the statistics statistics that i would use in data science so i tried a lot of courses on edx regarding that and others as well so that was like one of the like one of the reasons i explored so many and the secondly i have done tensorflow and the the deep learning specialization is like something that you like if you are going into deep learning you should do because like it, it is so good and like end to end is like so good at explaining concepts so like that that's like one of the ones that you have to do other than that the tensorflow like cert developer certificate like is that is, is because like either like when you go into deep learning or machine learning you like either you pick one of them like either you pick up pytorch or you use a pick up like tensorflow you could do both but like there's at least one that you like that you have as a favorite or you like use most extensively so like tensorflow is please like is one for me because like uh, with tensorflow like building pipelines and all that stuff like the production level stuff like i find it like uh, better i haven't explored pytorch as much but like i have done since like since the first neural network that i made like was in keras and i absolutely loved it because like it was simple so ever since i have like used tensorflow i've been using it like since it was like tensorflow 1.13 or something so i've been using it since then and like at the time at the moment like even now i don't have any incentive to switch over to pytorch or try something else because tensorflow like still develops every day like new things new frameworks for production level things are coming so like i i just like it and i i thought that maybe i should get a specialization to like to know the things that i like i don't know about tensorflow like like right now and i thought i'll i'll i'm thinking of pursuing that there's a like tensorflow specialist like from the tensorflow like itself they provide a certification like you have to give an exam and you could get a like certificate you could be a certified tensorflow developer so that course is like part of that curriculum like like they suggest that you should explore this course in order to like if you want to give that exam so which is why i like i i, I explored it and like i i learned a lot of things that like i didn't know before so like that course goes into like in like in the basic tensorflow as well as in the convolution network the like the natural language processing and like time series as well so like it's it's like it's versatile and it's like it's really like like one should do like if you do tensorflow you should you should do that so i haven't used tensorflow in a while i mean <laughs> in a long time actually so what well, i mean i mean the last time i checked on tensorflow was i think when it got the 2.0 update yeah. um so where is tensorflow right now i mean where where what's the yeah, worst like like i like i i don't keep track myself but like i think at it at least we are past like 2.5 or 2.6 something okay okay yeah 2.5 at least okay i actually found uh, so i'm a pytorch user so i i kind of i mean i found the whole tensorflow experience pretty uh stressful so i mean i'll stop there uh so i kind of uh, i mean the i found the pytorch approach a little easier i mean the data loading and uh, the networks are a bit easier for me um so yeah. yeah so like i think i think like one thing like like when i tried pytorch so like i just made like one one side project in pytorch and then i did that just to see like to see like how exactly pytorch works and like how how to make a network in that so i was doing like the a style transfer network so i i thought like okay we should like I, there was a course and i thought okay this could like making a project while learning should be good so i tried that and like i i like pytorch because like uh, one thing i i like about it is like everything you do you like you would know what you're exactly you're doing like even from like making the whole training loop and at, like at all the things like you have to compute the loss yourself and like it gives you like whole experience like you you can do anything on it that you don't know and like it gives you an incentive to know everything about what you exactly you're doing and like it provides you more like 
you could say uh, like a custom like a, you could do custom things with like very easily and like it feels kind of like using numpy just doing everything like kind of like numpy so i i like that and like i i do think that if i if i was in like research field or was doing a lot of research papers and implementing them i would still use pytorch but like at the moment like it's just easier for me to like build pipelines for tensorflow from like for tensorflow quickly and just get model into production so yeah right now i'm just on that so um so moving forward from your engineering days um did you um so how did you get your first deep learning job or you know yeah so like uh, like i was say like i was very fortunate that uh, like during the like the campus selection like time like there was like a lot of companies coming in coming going out and everybody was like asking for like you know like the basic java developer or web development and all that and like there was this the current company that i'm in right now like they just came and they like they were like one of the only companies that had the option of something like big data other than java or like quality engineering kind of like that so i like i was lucky that i i, I passed through the interview phases and i got selected as well and uh, like i like i didn't think they would do data science like since it said big data but i thought okay i'll 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 just get into big data and just move on from data science like learn apache or something that would be like just as well as well so like yeah but like they they did make their own competency in data science as well like trying to do specialization specialization in that so we like we have now here like uh, in big data department we have like separate data engineering and separate data science like competencies so like i i was lucky to join data science and like the what like whatever projects them have been like have been doing those since then and like we like we we get like a lot of different projects from like natural language processing time series forecasting recommendation systems and like image processing so yeah so like those are the few of the projects that like i, I was like exposed to and and like and i think from the past one year something i've been like extensively like working on like image processing and okay i was just going to ask you like uh, generally i mean generally in in, in deep learning we generally select a uh, specialization i mean i mean either we selected or the company that we work for they generally do give us projects either on the speech side or the tech side or you know on the vision side um so what i mean how would you i mean i think if i mean when i look at myself i think i think i'm more of a vision guy i don't know uh, i've worked on uh, so how would you classify yourself i mean do you so like uh, i would say like i i i do like vision like it's it's like so much better like than doing natural language processing so very like people like people are like uh, people do really like natural language processing like a lot of research and like i like it as well but like like if i like if i have to passionately work on like i can do it on natural language processing and i like i would do better on better job on like on a vision because like what like something that i really like about computer vision is that like at least you can visualize what exactly is happening so that that's one of the like aspect that i don't like about natural language processing is like a lot of like abstract things and you have to do stemming lemmatization and all that and like you can't really picture it like how exactly like it's going to fit with something else that you're going to do but like even if you're doing image augmentation or something like data cleaning like it's 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 easy to like visualize yeah okay this should be happening and you could you could derive some intuitions on that okay like we should try this like this could work or this could work but like in natural language processing like it's like kind of limited so like i've done nlp projects as well and they are enjoyable as well like when you like when you're done making an nlp like application or something like it's it's, it's like it's really exciting like even if you build something like spam classification chatbot or something like nlp is good but like it's like when you like go extensively into nlp like it it gets really hard like you have to be like very conscious of what what exactly you're doing like there's a lot of research in nlp like even before this phase of machine learning and deep learning people have been doing nlp like since like a lot of years like unlike computer vision which was like mostly limited by the like hardware capabilities nlp is like something still like people have been doing like not maybe using neural networks but like still like there were progress going on with like other like uh, tra- traditional methods with nlp so like if you if you if you want to do nlp like there's a lot of like there's a lot you could do with like there's a lot of potential but like since like i've been doing image processing for a lot of time so like i have just got gotten more biased towards that but like like people alongside me who have been working on nlp like they have gotten really good at a lot of things and i like and i do envy that people who like who really really know like nlp very well so like i do envy them but like i i still i still like visual 
Yeah, and I think, uh, I think, I mean, over the past, not few, I think only one or one or two years. But I mean, over the past one or two years, it's gotten even more complex. I mean, uh, I'm still not. I still have doubts about, uh, you know, the transformer architecture. You know, what's happening inside. So I, I'm still, I still haven't, uh, I've, I still haven't really understood, like, you know, how the. uh you know how it's uh how it's really doing the multiplication of you know multiple layers i mean i'm still trying to figure that out um yeah so and nowadays with nlp it's getting even more complex as they scale these models and you know um uh, yeah, there've been a lot of yeah. models like bird and like all on on the like versions of that that google makes that you could just like to get like you can take just embeddings from those models to get models and so right right and, and the fast ai models as well so like yeah it's it's like getting really complicated to like keep track of everything if you want right 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 yeah you should be i mean if i mean a person who who like if somebody wants to really uh you know understand i think he should be he or she should be reading like research papers like at least yeah, yeah. three times a week or you know more than that so yeah so yeah at least i haven't done that uh anyways um so uh on the i mean do you have uh now at least when i when on a vision problem um generally if there is a vision problem i generally use like my go to network would be efficient net i mean i generally start with efficient net uh, with a maybe a b0 or a b1 mm-hmm. um do you have any so my question is not only on the network side i mean do you have a favorite net convnet uh, that you probably go to or do you uh, you know how do you, yeah yeah maybe we can start off okay. with that and then i can go a little deeper so, there uh, yeah i would say like if it, if the problem is like not not very like not very large like if you're talking about transformation like not a whole lot of classes and like you know like uh, not a huge problem then i generally start with like mobile net or inception generally because like they're easy to pull from the like from the libraries as well as quick to make models and like it gives you a quick baseline like okay like how would they like how would they do and like other than that if i have to pick i would say resnet 50 <laughs> i've been using resnet 50 a lot and like the, it performs really well but like you have to do like it's not like the best but like it it works really well and i have used resnet a lot i have done efficient net like maybe just once or twice like if for some kaggle problems just to see like how other models are doing I will I will really use efficient net but like if I have to pick a like favorite of all time till now I would say resnet 50 Yeah I I know a lot of my colleagues uh use mobile net a lot I mean mobile net is generally I think because of the size of the networks yeah uh, I think it's very preferable uh yeah um, also I wanted to know like are there any specific uh, is there uh do you have like a you know modus of I, I mean a general approach of how you train your network if given let's say like, maybe we can start off with a classification problem like let's say tomorrow you get a classification problem do you have like a standard thing that you do um any any tricks that you might use for deep learning mm-hmm. i mean for i mean for a, for a, for a better for better accuracy i mean okay so like uh, like if i'm just starting on problem and like say it's not not a, like very complex problem i like the like the first baseline or like the first model that i create is like just just see like uh, So, so like if if i have enough data like i have a data enough that i could like i could train my own model and like not need any pretrained model then i just like start to like put a like a, a simple architecture of like a few layers and just like doing the basic like uh, so like using tensorflow data generators to just like pick the image from the directory just themselves and like yeah just like making the image generators without any like, augmentation just like just the basic scaling and no preprocessing on them and just picking up a simple network like just three four layers of simple account duty like the uh, convolution network and like and like always using atom on that and just like with like using com- like common learning rates like uh, 1e minus 4 1e minus 3 generally and yeah, and like starting with that and see like okay like like is it is it really like is it even converging like am was like am i seeing something like Something be some weird things like uh, you know a lot of times you train network and the loss or the accuracy is just like fifty 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 and kind of like that or just stuck at like one point. So like first I figure like I try to figure out like is it like really working like is the just the, is it just problem with the net or like is the problem with the problem formulation or the data. So I just first make sure that like even if I'm not learning even even if my network is not learning like is it like moving towards in the right direction 
or like is it is something like am i something missing here so like a lot of times like what happens is that your network is like stuck on a like particular number so like you try to figure out like what exactly it like what exactly is happening and uh, you end up seeing okay maybe the preprocessing is wrong you like the images are coming all black that's why because like if the number is same like there's something that's constantly like happening and it's it's wrong so like i just start with a like uh, if the data is sufficient i start with a like simple network just a manual one uh, but like if i do have to like if i think that okay a pretrained model like would do a better job or the problem is something like uh, like some um, something like an image that would do say doing things like uh, like uh, an animal classification or problems like that so i do pick like pretrained model for that the image net one and generally like it's always i would say like it's mostly better like if if the problem like requires you to use a pretrained network it like it's always like better to do, do so like unless you're doing an overkilling like it's a simple process a very simple problem and you wouldn't need it but you're still using it like that i wouldn't suggest but other than that it's always better to use rather than you doing from scratch it's always, like it's better to use a pretrained model like using it from image net like it, it, even if you like do a whole unfreeze like even if you're not retaining a whole lot but like at least starting with that is generally fine and i like when i like start a decent problem like maybe on pick up something on kaggle and i i have to train a model i i do pick up like image net weights and starting from that and seeing like okay should i like how how to like how the like initially initially it is performing and then like things like uh, unfreezing a few layers or like freezing a few more layers like tuning things like that and like i don't go to the hyper parameters like so early i like first of all i play with the architecture and with the problem formulation like should i change the problem should i like should i curate the data so yeah so like first two things i do is like dealing with the problem formulation and doing doing that tweaking with the architecture and like when like when i'm like pretty much said that i'm seeing okay like the network has starting to converge or like yeah like it's 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 actually really learning something then i just like move on to hyperparameters so like try to make it better because like over the time i've learned that hyperparameters like are not going to give you like a like a table turning accuracy it's not like you were on 70 and a few hyperparameters would give you 94 now like I, i've never seen that like that that like may very well be the case but i'm just and like i've observed that if you do data curation like it do it like it does wonders for you like the correct problem formulation and like and doing proper your data curation like seeing how the like how the data looks and what exactly should be fed to the model what exactly it like it shouldn't see and like how does that suit your real like your real life scenario so like doing data curation is like is like really important and like and i think like data driven ai is like also catching a lot of hype like even like uh, andrew and is like giving courses on like data driven ai so like it's like i have realized that it's really important like it's better than doing hyperparameter training they would just give you like slight boost or like up like they would give you better better performance but like not exactly like the problem solvers so i mean so if there is one thing that i mean if there's there was one thing you could focus on you would do data I mean yeah, you like you would the, focus the, the, like the very first thing i would focus on was like in data and then to architecture right 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 um how much of your time do you think do you, do you spend on um i mean i was actually reading this uh, i was actually uh, reading um going through the the tesla uh, ai uh, teams uh, approach of solving self driving and apparently i mean like I, most of their time is just spent on data i mean i mean curating data getting samples getting i was really shocked i mean i thought they would be doing like like really complex model engineering and all that but you know the the ai director says you know most of the work is just data curation and um yeah so i was actually pretty shocked how much of your time do you think is how much of what is your split there i mean so like i would say like we've been working on a problem so like uh, you could say like it's like it's like there are a couple of tasks but like we are focused on a few different tasks and like they are related to image classification like doing classification of product so like there are a lot of classes so like we like we started with 50 classes 60 classes and like there was a point when we were only doing like 80 classes out of like total like that was like i think the maximum number was like 6 70 80 classes and uh, we were feeding the data and like performance was like for some models it was like uh, 76 like 76 69 80 it like 80 was like one of the best that we could like achieve in that and uh, so like we were doing that and like we did we did like that for a lot of time like we you could say like 
the initial months that we started on project like we already like the when we picked up the project like we already had like we, they were they already had models and stuff like with the baselines that yeah okay with this with this with this like task they were getting 60% they were getting 65% so we picked up on that so they already had models so we started with like tuning tuning those models so like we were like putting up a lot of jobs on AWS with different hyperparameters seeing, seeing what works best but like we did that for a couple months and the only like the only hike we were seeing was like you could say at most at most that would be like 5% with all the hyperparameter tuning all the different like combinations and like that was that was just not like that was just not enough and like then we like as a team we realized that we like we should explore something more and like we we did use like a new concept so like we moved on to like one shot learning and all that because <coughs> when we were making models like 80 and we like we were not getting performance with like even with 80 classes now and when like we we realized that like the actual use case requires like over 200 300 and like 400 classes for like multi class classification so we realized that that like that's not going to work so we like we did explore some state of the art approaches like few shot learning one shot learning and like tried to implement them but alongside that like that was like just not sufficient on its own so like one shot learning wouldn't work like if, if you're just seeing four images and those four images are like not really like representative of the class right so so we realized that other than other than like using like complex models or like better approaches we have to like improve the data as well so initially we just started doing data curation because like we just wanted to make sure that the one shot model should see like better data the, like at least the few shots that it's seeing like should like should be better. So like we started with that and like when we like when we started the process we like we even in the early phases like soon after we were done with the like with the implementations and all that we like started started to like doing the exact same like exact same like tasks and like try to compare the results that we were getting previously on the same task. So we realized that we were getting like high performance hikes like even in the early phases. And we realized that like okay like we're getting this much then like we should do more and like like they should like they should keep improving and we like we moved on from like 80 classes to 100 classes 150 classes so like even we train we have like trained models for like 350 or 400 classes and with like techniques like one shot learning even even the classes that we don't have in the data like it's like even able to classify those so like and that's like the entire credit like going to data curation and the like techniques like one shot learning but data curation i would say like i have at like till now i would say i, I have seen at least 100000 images that like i have like went through and through the curation process like in the past one year not like not like in one month or something but like yeah i've seen a lot of images and like i've gathered knowledge about something that i don't i, I didn't think like without data curation i would i would have that and yeah so like data curation is like I, I really had a huge respect for that ever since, and I I do pay like I do pay attention to the data. Like it's not like I picked up a Kaggle problem and just started solving that. I I like do go go over the data like at least once to see like what is it about. Like like should I even be using all the data? Like is it is it actually worth it? So yeah, so data curation is like really nice. So one uh also um now I wanted to know like while solving a problem uh let's say you're solving. Uh, classification problem so before i ask this do you so i i haven't received any so do you still get classification problems i feel like i mean nowadays most of the problems that we get are either detection or segmentation or uh, i mean, are you still are you still do you still have a lot of problems on classification no I, I, I wouldn't say a lot of but like we we like we have this big client and like they are a big they're a big company and they like they provide a lot of products so like even like even if even if it like seems very non-trivial, but they they do require classification tasks. So like even just to like because like they have a whole line of products and they like say like you want to build a recommendation system or you like you want to recognize something on that. Like they don't want to keep it manual because like they have to keep a lot of man like manpower to to like do that those kind of things. So like say like if you're on eBay and like you like you sell cars or something. And like you're on eBay, and like you have like products coming in every day from the customers, and like you realize that you have to like you have to go through like at least one person has to go through the image and what exactly is about like what brand are they and like what class are they. So like like when you have a lot of products coming in going out, like you still requires class like task like classification to this even just to like like put a put the products in a con like in a in a container to like see like 
okay like uh, manage the whole thing that like okay like we have these kind of products in like from this brand these kind of products from this brand and and like doing doing just the automation tasks using like uh, using classification so like if it's it's not like you will be like working for a like self driving co- company and you you would be doing classification tasks all the time it's not like that it like it highly depends on like what company or what like what uh, what business are they in so like to do classification tasks or like regression tasks and but like i would say like uh, most of the companies that come in or like they do like the project proposals they have they don't require a lot of like state of the art like techniques to do them they just like require basic basic tasks like classification or recommendation systems so yeah but like some of some of the clients come in and they require something like uh, something that's like very specific or something like uh, like that's not very basic but a lot of clients like i would say like at least out of like 100 i would say 70% clients do require doing common tasks uh, like the the task could be nuanced based on their data and what like what business are they in but like mostly the tasks are common but yeah the the like details like vary and kind of like that some of the tasks are like some tasks the uh, clients are like uh, have a little tricky problem with that so do you think classification is solved classification of the problem do you think it's solved or what is your opinion on that no i think like the the problem is like uh, like classification is not like just one isolated technique because like you you have like optimization in there and you have like neural networks in there you have statistics in there so like i would i wouldn't say it's done like you like it's, i wouldn't say like you could do any classification task now with any number of classes like yeah that's certainly not the case and like data limitation is like huge so like uh, like i would say like 80% of like whether you can do a classification task or not depends like do you have enough data is that like good enough data like it's not like you've been collecting data for 10 years and yeah you could now do a classification task like or like any task for neural network like it depends like what data exactly are you collecting like is it is it even like represent what you're trying to do like it's not just about the volume as well so like uh, as a whole i wouldn't say that it's done like not 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 that i know of like even even it is like a very easy problem now but i wouldn't like as far as i know like i wouldn't say it's wrong like it's not that easy to build like build like models that like you that require a huge number of classes to classify and data like will have like in with classes like especially with classes that have similarities like with other classes so like you're working with 400 classes and a lot of classes are like very similar to each other so like that that doesn't like that doesn't bode well with the neural network and like you that that like that's when like data curation is like also plays a like a huge role in there when you have similar classes out there but you can't really merge them or like just make them a single class so like yeah it's i don't think like it's done as a problem completely so uh, um so so you're working on a problem and uh, so let's say it's a classification problem and you know you've tried everything okay you've tried you've changed let's say two three architectures Uh, you've uh, looked into the optimizer. You've changed the loss function. Uh, you, you know whatever loss function. You know cross entropy, uh, focal loss, whatever. Um, and then you know you've done a lot of augmentation. Um, so let's say in the beginning, so your baseline model was let's say you know seventy percent. I don't know seventy percent. And uh, with all these tricks, you pull it to I don't know eighty five. Um, but you know so. now you've been working at this problem for i don't know 3 3 weeks one month and so you're at 85% of the working on it for a month and you know it's not going anywhere so you try whatever uh, you know nothing is working out so what do you do i mean so what what do you do actually <laughs> i mean yeah so like uh, like say i've done like uh, all the things that i generally know and i generally do and like it like it doesn't turn out to be very well with that so at that time i start like researching more on that so like if i'm doing say segmentation task and like yeah okay like it didn't come out like it it wasn't very, like working very well so like then i like start exploring things because like i definitely know that like i'm doing this task and if I, even even if i have just heard about it it's like people somewhere some someone is doing this and like since like if if it's not a controversial topic then definitely like problem is like solvable because like uh, at least like some of the researchers or some papers like should be in there so like at that time i start like exploring those topics like uh, like even we when we talk about like one shot learning that was something that like when we were stuck at a point and we didn't know like okay none of this is working none of that is working at that point like we started exploring those things and uh, when like 
then like we came across clip model one like one shot model and all that at that time we were like researching more just like a, a lot of our focus was like just on research research side like what what exactly do other people do so like we definitely know that there's a like even with the image net there are like thousand classes it supports so like if it supports thousand classes like there must be something people do like there's something a technique or something that solves this so like at that point we just like we just start exploring that okay like do we need to know any state of the art techniques like has something recently come out that solves this problem so it's like at that time it's like it's kind of hard to pinpoint like like when you're doing a model and like it's not working well you you don't exactly know what is the problem so like like that's one part that's like hard to pinpoint that what, what where exactly are we doing wrong so like when you change your entire technique like that's not like you're you know already that yeah okay you have to change this or you have to change specifically this you have to do a lot of like exploration on that like i don't i, I don't know any like any other way on any magic trick on that but like if it if like if none of the things you're working on is working then they like it's time to learn something new like it's it's time for something for you to know something new that you have never explored before and like it's kind of an uncharted territory so yeah like i don't have any like any specific tricks for that or specific any specific method that I other than just researching of talking about researching on or going to uncharted territory do you have a favorite researcher <laughs> i mean uh, so my favorite researcher would be i think i really like this uh, the founder of resnet i mean uh, the inventor of resnet kaiming he or kaiming he i don't know so i i think he's my favorite uh, i really like the guy i i also like ilya satskiver um uh, he was one of the co-authors of the 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 first imaginary paper i mean the 2012 i don't know i forgot the paper's name oh my god uh, but uh, he was one of the co-authors um yeah do you, do you have any favorite authors or uh, uh, author? like okay so like I, I, I like i don't like read research papers like every week so like i wouldn't say like i would know a lot of them like not like even not the top not not ten, top 10 or top 20 but like if i have to pick just though like from the ones that i have read i would pick yan dekun because I just I just really like like that guy and like I think Ian Lickon's paper or like Geoffrey Hinton's paper was the first paper that I like I ever read in like in the machine learning research. So like and like I I also like took part in the so like uh, there's a course of NYU like which like Ian Lickon teaches alongside uh, uh, like his assistant. So like I I like also like Ian's approach and like he how he teaches things rather than other than just the research paper. So like I I think like I've been just more exposed to Ian Lickon than other researchers. So like that's like kind of my bias. But like I would I would pick Ian Lickon for that. Like and and I also like the fact that he solved the MS problem for the first time. So like <laughs> I, I I just like that. How uh, I mean how important do you think reading research papers is? I mean as a deep learning pra- practitioner. I mean, um. So I haven't read a research paper in a long time. I mean, yeah, it's been it's been a few weeks. Yeah, um, I, I think I I I read a research paper yesterday. <laughs> so, okay. Like so, I, I just, yeah yeah go ahead. Yeah, I mean so I mean as a practitioner, like how like how important do you think is uh, reading research papers? Uh, you know, or should should we read them daily? Should we read them weekly? Um, what is your approach? So like it's uh like I I I can't like talk from the perspective of a researcher like like if you're in academia like how how often should you read or like. is like what like what exactly should you read but like as like as like someone who's doing like just the practical like the practical part and just the like the development part of it i would say like uh, if you if you won't like like if you don't read this because that it's not like catastrophic for you but like it it limits you at certain point because like when you're doing just things that like that just like come over the internet and then are in the mainstream and you're just doing it doing it like there's there's not much growth in it like you you'd be limiting yourself with the knowledge so like uh, so like what like i like i didn't used to read a lot of research research papers like until like a, a few months back just like maybe once in a while something i'm working on and there's a research paper that i absolutely need to read then only then i used to read it but like uh, what i've been doing these past few weeks is like i i like so i like a i write a newsletter right so every so like uh, writing that newsletter every week like if i don't do it just for the audience uh, so like initially i thought i would do that but like i right now i don't do that because like uh, if i'm if i'm just doing things that i already know like that that's like not really the best utilization of my time so what i do is like i've started doing newsletters for things that like i don't know so like 
when i so like see uh, like uh, if it's if it's monday i don't know i'm what i'm going to write for the next newsletter on saturday or sunday and so like what i do is like i i this like writing that newsletter gives me an incentive to explore something new so like something that i don't know previously or just something that i've like come across i pick that up and like i i there's usually always like something like even even if there's like there's a arbitrary term you that you read like read regarding machine learning there's always a paper on it so like i what whatever i do is like uh, first thing i do is like look for a paper like because like uh, even if you go go on with blogs so i used to like i never used to read papers i just like try to read blogs and just like go over with that and see okay that like that should be fine but i've like recently learned that uh, all like all the things that you that you would get like after reading two three blogs on the same topic uh, the better approach is to first read the research paper because like what what like what all the blogs could miss like could still be in that paper and like there's always like never nothing new on those like in those like if if there's like there are a lot of blogs on a topic there's there's not like something new in them there's always just like paraphrasing or like maybe explaining the topic uh, slightly in easier language but like if you do read the research paper it like not just it doesn't just give you perspective on that on the topic that has been written on but it like it also explores the like some other part so like if you're grading a problem over image classification it's not like that is like specifically on image classification there would be things regarding optimization on that regarding loss functions or some experimental tips or something they use so it it gives you like a, a versatility and like it like opens up your mind so like now like you were like it's not you were not just reading a paper on one topic like it kind of like opens up your mind on several different topics and like you start to think differently as well so like uh, like the the paper i was reading the other day so like I, i i was like exploring something i was looking for something new so like i was looking that okay what what should i like read next or should i explore next so like i just like i think there was like a tweet from someone uh, so i think it was like from sebastian reshka and like he he like he tweeted something and there was like an image regarding double descent so i had never seen it before like until like 6 pm yesterday but then i thought like oh, because this is something like interesting so i, I like explored that and after like exploring 3 4 hours like i was able to like learn something substantial from that so, like at like something that i know okay okay this is like, what exactly happening like because it's hard to like when you start something like it's hard to see like okay am i am i getting this correct or like am i just misreading into it but like after 3 4 hours like i i i learned that concept like what exactly is that what exactly is about different things like that and i just like write write the newsletter on it just to like just as a memo for myself that okay i've i've explored this and like if i have to go through this again this is the first thing i would read because like i understood this at this time and like this is my own work so i would understand that and like as a practitioner like as a practitioner it would like say like it's not like like immediate effect like it's not like you read as a research paper today and tomorrow you'll be a like better practitioner it's not like that but like i have seen that when you like still do these things what happens is that after some time you'll be working on a problem and like you wouldn't have any idea but then like you would remember something from here something from there and it gives you like it provides you a new like new path to go on or something to uh, you could say uh, something new to like research on and like explore a new territory kind of like that but like it's not like immediate effect but like i would say like if you if you are a practitioner like you have to keep the interest going and like if you just do every day task day in day out like you you kind of just lose that interest so like things become monotonic so like like for to keep the passion going like you have to explore what exactly like something new is happening and you could like even like even if you are looking for building some side projects you could pick something up from research paper or maybe implement that research paper or try something new with that but like i think it's just like just for just for passion sake like even if you don't require it it's like generally good to read a research paper so i think this is a good segue for us to get into your life on twitter and that's where i message to you yeah. uh, so you're very active on twitter i mean uh, i mean so how why do you use twitter why why did you start using twitter when did you start using twitter and you know what do you think about the whole community the twitter community um yeah yeah okay so so like uh, like we know like like we all we've all been on twitter and like you mostly used it for like tweeting trick about cricket tweeting about sports or tweeting about politics like like we we've all been on twitter but like not exactly on tech twitter so like i didn't know it about it as well 
but like uh, uh, so like uh, there's this big account on twitter so like if you know that uh, like santiago like he's like kind of like the one of the biggest account in machine learning on twitter so like uh, i like so i had the chance to work alongside him so and i i had no idea at that time about tech twitter i didn't know that such a thing exists i didn't even know about threads like yeah you could make a thread on a single topic and like that count that like how i I'm sorry. I still don't know what a thread is. I I I, I mean I I I only started rec- I I recently started using Twitter. That's why, um, if you notice my page, it's only got five tweets. Uh, so I'm still trying to figure out what Twitter is. I mean I I still don't know the concept of a thread. Uh, yeah yeah. Anyways yeah. I I think that's just like so like you know like Twitter is like kind of limited like the tweet has a limited number of characters. So like you can't other than just some arbitrary topic you can't just explore like a lot more into it. So like. Thread is just a way to like provide like uh, on a single topic you could write like sections of things and they would be like uh, they would be like connected to each other. So like if something is reading about the one topic, you could just like uh, write a whole thread or you could say a collection of tweets. That's like that's what basically a thread is. Just a and I and I, and I really like the retweet feature as well. I mean, um, yeah. you know, somebody says something and then. It's yeah, like yeah. I feel it's like uh, I really like TikTok. Uh, so on on TikTok, how um, you know there's a for you page, and then you like something, and then you know what I may see. So I feel like the the for you page is somewhat uh, you know it, it's it's a bit different, but I feel the it does the job of the for you page by retweeting. You know, if I say something, if you like it, yeah. instead of liking it, you can retweet it, and you know it just keeps retweeting. Yeah. I I really like that. Yeah. No, like Twitter is good. Like uh, in general, it is good. Like it's like it's social media. So like you have to there are certain do's and don'ts, and like you have to like keep not get too attached. But like but like Twitter is a great great platform. And like uh, like I said, like when I like first saw Santiago, and I like so like at that time he had like thirty five thousand followers, and like I had like I, I I saw that and I was I was like kind of like amazed that okay like this this guy is like is is like a big guy. It's not it's not just like anybody else. Like I was amazed, and like for at least a couple months, I was just like I I, I came across the tech Twitter community, but but I was not active. Like I wasn't participating, like not not like writing something or like making any content. I was just like exploring for a couple months, just like just to get the gist of it. And uh, after a, after a couple months, then I thought like I already like 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 writing blogs because like it it like it's just a better way to like structure on all these writing blogs and writing articles. So I like that, and I already like. Had a blog or something, so I thought like, okay, why not? Why not do this on Twitter? Like, if everybody else like does this, like this is just this is just a good way to like uh, structure knowledge. So I thought, okay, maybe I should I should I should start doing this. So like, I started with things that I already knew, like the basic things, and just making threads on it. And uh, yeah, so like uh, one thing that Twitter like when you're like making a thread or making a tweet on like on a specific topic on Twitter is like. There's like two things really very important. That first of all, like it gives you an incentive to like explicitly research the topic and make sure you you're not getting it wrong. Like like at least not the most of it. Like it's it's not like the core concept that you're exploring is wrong. And like that doesn't work. And like it's gonna give you a lot of bad comments and like people is gonna come at you. Like it gives you an incentive to actually research the topic, not just tweet about anything. And secondly, it's just a very very good way to summarize what you've learned. Like writing writing a blog is slightly more easy than writing a thread because on a blog you don't have any limit for words. So like you could write about the same thing like ten times and like like paraphrasing the same thing and get away with it. But like on Twitter you have to be very like uh, you have to be very pinpoint what exactly are you writing about. You you can't repeat your like stuff and so like it's it's really a good way to like summarize. So like I, what I do is like I'm I I have a, like a list of all my tweets or like or at least the most of my useful tweets that I find. So I have like I have a repository for that. So like uh, and I, I I haven't done it for just for the other people or for the followers. I've done it for myself because like I know that I'm like if I'm exploring like say auto encoders and I have like learned about them. Okay, like I I understand something. But after a couple months, I'm gonna definitely forget about that. So like. That like those making those threads and like it's like it's a it's a good way for me even like even if I want to reiterate so I still like like say I was I have to like use R R like R squared for some problem so like I still go to my thread and see okay what what like what did I learn at that time so like I had some intuitions and like should I I explore them again so like it's a good way to like summarize your knowledge and like and it also gives you a track or of what exactly you know and what exactly you don't so like 
if i if there's like there's a topic you know like you are like you are like there's an urge to make a thread on that or explore more than that so when you when you keep doing that like you also you don't just have a like track of topics uh, like that you you like actually know but like it also gives you like there's like there's a change so like you're exploring one topic and some other term comes up then you start some exploring something else and being on tech twitter gives you like if something else writes about something then you also get to know it so like even if that's just a like say as i said yesterday that the best thing that you just mentioned it it is not a thread or explaining something i just saw the term but like that was if, like enough for me to explore on that and i did that and i i may i made a whole newsletter about it so like it's it's like it's like really amazing um do you have a favorite uh, twitter person i don't know what are they called i mean do you call them twitter person uh yeah. like I, i wouldn't say favorite but like uh, as i said like sandia was the first guy that i ever saw on tech twitter and like i know him like personally like over like virtually so i have like i've been working with him so i would say like based on my bias i would say sandia okay so um i think my final question or at least at the end i think um so what is going to be what what is the future hold for you i mean in terms of like um do you plan on doing masters or or you know um what's your 2022 2020 yeah what 21 22 going to look like yeah so like i i, I wouldn't say i have exact road map that okay i'm going to do masters and things like that but like if i if i like uh, so like i'm working on real life problems and like at at this time like if i say i have to go to a like um, like tier 2 or like tier 3 college and do a masters i wouldn't do that like i have no reason to pick that up but say like in like maybe like whenever like an opportunity comes up that like they like you don't have to worry about like the finances or something else there's a good opportunity to do it do it from somewhere that it's like actually worth it i would definitely do it like i i like the academia like i i, I don't have any problem with studying or like like doing the academic studies but uh, like i have to like make sure that like it's worth it like it like it should not be like you're going to do masters and i'm going to looking for the same job that i'm in right now so like i'm in the same industry that people like are like wanting to like join that like there's no incentive but like if i do get opportunity to get from a like a good institution like institution to get like build up on that i would i would i would pick that opportunity but like as of now like there's no certain like there's no certainty that i would do but like i would definitely do it if, if, if something comes up um so on that note prashant uh, thank you so much for uh, taking the time uh, it's been lovely talking to you it's been lovely talking about uh, deep learning and uh, um yeah it's nice nice to know someone like who also does deep learning and especially on python like yeah i don't personally know anyone who does on python so it's nice and thanks for thanks for inviting me all right thank you so much prashant thank you thanks,